like um, self-reporting graduation rates. Schools in charge of graduation rates. Right. They can have whatever graduation rate they want. Doesn't have any relationship to students being more or less successful. But anyways, I thought we could look at did suspensions decrease? Did fights decrease? And um, so I can remember the person in charge of it going, "Why would we want to do that?" I go, "Well, you remember why the would chart? we want to look at the data?" Right. <laughs> and he said, "You remember the chart? You argued this. So let's see if." The prediction, yeah. the whole thesis for the whole program, Getting closer. your whole marketing program to suck me into this, whether it was true or not. And I said, and I'm not challenging the program. I'm looking at if it's working, then let's ramp it up. Right. If it's not working, let's find out why and like... Make your adjustments. Right, to your, yeah. adjust. Going, well, I know it's working. I go, well, how do you know? Well, it just feels like it's working. <laughs> well, stupid me pushed it. Yeah. All the way up to the principal saying, we're spending all this time and money right. on a program. Let's measure it. And it would be easy to measure. Well, that would be up to guidance, to counseling to do that. I said, well, they're not interested in doing it. Well, I guess we're not going to do it. And I do remember the director of guidance saying to me, why would we want to do that? Yeah, <laughs> like, why would... Just well... to see if it works? So that's what I mean when... In education, we're not interested in results. We talk about results, but yeah. we're not in interested in measuring them. Mm. Okay. I mean, I, I just I think I think that when we do, it's all very short term. Mm -hmm. We measure. We're very well, good why? at from beginning of unit to end of unit, which maybe isn't even a thing we used to do. That might be a th you know. I know that I know at least in my experience from when I was in school. Who, you know, maybe the cycle goes longer than this, but I know that when I was in school, there was almost no pre-assessment, right? And yeah. but you do your quiz partway through your test at the end, and so you'd get a sense of growth. I think, and one of the things that has motivated me to do the podcast is to try to talk to people about school and education, and they're not the same, right? right. But talk later, so teachers who can reflect. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're the opposite, but I know they're not the same, you know, and and thinking about, you know, if, I think I said this when I was talking with Jessica Berg, that if you can teach and then the kids graduate and you can promptly forget that they exist or they exist just as like a memory of a thing they said, like, that's a person who's doing things. And so I think that our results should be measured more in terms of outcomes in life or maybe, and this might allow for the qualitative thing we were talking about, a satisfaction with your experience once you've had enough life experience or opportunity to get a job to determine if it was useful. There are a lot of kids who hate high school and later on see value in it and wish they had done it differently. There are a lot of kids who hate high school and later on say, no, that was terrible, that was stupid. Do they get a job or not, whatever. We should talk to people when they're 30 or 35 or whatever. How do you feel about school now? Now, that's obviously, you know, we're going to, you're going to forget some of the little stuff and maybe mm -hmm. the bullying might get blown out of proportion in your memory and we always have to adjust. Or you forget it. But, or, and it's probably both in most yeah. cases, but 10, 12, 15 years later, do you think that served you well? And then are you using it in your job? Okay, so what is the goal then of K-12 through education? Or just high school? We That's one of my biggest school. concerns with my job is that no one seems to know what I'm supposed to do, mm -hmm. which is why I just 
do what I think I'm supposed to do, and so far so good. I'm fine. There's nothing wood here to knock on, but hopefully no one bothers. Actually, on Jeopardy the but, other night, I found out doing the head. Was yeah, yeah, um, that, that's the that's my next. Um, but no, I, I, you know, I, I think. I mean, something as simple as every time we, we catch a questionable snow day, you know, get on Facebook and go to a parents group or go look at the the county twitter and look at how many people freak out why are these kids off why they yeah. because we're babysitters mm-hmm. you know we're babysitters but, and in some cases we're providing hygiene stuff or healthcare stuff for some of these kids we're like we're getting them eyeglasses like is that what we're supposed to do is that what we're supposed to do that's certainly a valuable function that we do but then is that the are we the only institution or process that could do that and and i there was an article i want to say that i've read this and now that i'm thinking about it I either should have sent it to you, or it's possible that you sent it to me in the first place. But it was like the—I think it's—I think they call her the Chancellor of all British schools. She's basically the national superintendent, and it was maybe last fall she gave a speech, essentially saying that schools are doing too much. We cannot raise your kids. We can't I've provide health care. Yeah. We can't like if if we're serious about providing some academic improvement and some skills-based stuff, then we can't keep doing all of these other things. We can't be your psychologist and your cook, and your this and that. And I thought, you know, in a way that's harsh, but at least someone's saying something specific and honest. Because I don't understand what our purpose is right now. So, given that, then, how do you ask the 30-year-old whether school was successful for them? What are you doing now? Do you use things that you got from school, either the direct knowledge or the broader skills that came from it? And if you hadn't been in school... If school wasn't an option, you didn't have the opportunity, whatever else you think you would have done with your time, do you think that would have served you better? But that puts you and me in the position of shooting for a goal that neither of us know what it is because it's individual to each of those 30-year-olds. Well, we already don't know the goal. Right. So don't you see that as an inherent problem in forcing 50 million students at a time to sit in a classroom for six to six, you know, six to seven hours every day or 180 days a year and make school the central, just like what you were referencing, that it does so much. Right. And it is. It is a huge central um, element of our culture. Yeah. Schools bind local communities more than anything else at this point in, in our culture. Okay. For good or bad. or for, Both. Yeah, right. Both. Yeah. But so here's the thing. And it gets back to results. Results become unimportant when you can't tell what the results should be. Right. So here's the thing. And, and a regular complaint of teachers and parents and students are what we call fads, um, education fads, um, uh, PBL um, yeah. right now, yeah. project-based learning. Yeah. How is that different than PL, which is personalized learning? And actually, if you read um, Loudoun Valley parents have a Facebook page. Oh yeah, they're uh, they're free roaming time. Oh yeah, where Everybody's it's just, just chaos. Vaping it's, in the uh, bathrooms. And, <laughs> and I, I really am wondering what's running, going on there. Running wild. Uh, but as I watch the responses from um, school board members and from principals on that page or in meetings, they were mixing PBL and PL together. They don't even know what the distinctions are. You only really need to know all the acronyms. And I think it was... Oh, it was in the, uh, my friend Michaela Wojcik about the 
PBIS. Yeah. And, and she made the joke about, you know, keeping a journal of all the acronyms right. and having to keep up. I, you know, and the only time you really need those is if you're sitting in a meeting with administrators. Or, I mean, and I guess it's still me with administrators. You're applying for a job. Yeah. I mean, that's... How do, you, how do you get a job you just have to speak teaching the in a school? Yeah, just and jargon of the day. And the person interviewing you doesn't really care about what those things are. They just want someone that sounds like they know what they're talking right. about because they're going to represent them. But so here's the thing. When you're, you don't know what the results are supposed to be, and therefore you can't measure them, it seems unsurprising then that we take the approach of me when I was 10 years old sitting at the table with... Brussels sprouts and succotash and other crap I didn't want to eat. <laughs> what do I do? You push it around on the plate. You move it around. You make it look like convince, it's done something. You, you convince Dad that you need to get a dog. <laughs> well, start yeah, slipping there. Yeah, yeah. someplace I had those stupid <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Yeah. But that's what I've observed in education is that we just push the food around on the plate. Um, right. It's a plate of acronyms in this case, as Michaela said. Uh, but... Um, we do that, and also think of the advantage that we have. The audience changes every year, and significantly every three to four to five years as students and their families right. move into and out of our world. Right. So, now, I think the hardest job that administrators have is PR with families. Right. Um, and I wouldn't want to do it because I'd have to shower um, <laughs> every day. Yeah. Um, but see, if we don't know what the results are supposed to be, how can we possibly know whether we're actually being effective without just focusing on onanism and narcissism? Well, you know, and, and I, this is more devil's advocate than anything, so I'm not sure if I believe this, but to take a page out of, let's say your book, but it's probably mine too in this way, if almost everything about the world is measurably better and you know it might be correlation and not causation but you have more kids going to more school more of them graduating school and testing data flawed as it is that indicates that there's at least some improvement occurring if we look around and we say we're living longer we're have more access to more goods to more services to more of the rest that there's less violence there's less disease that if all of those other things are going well and it coincides with the increase in education. And I'm not saying that it's a direct cause no at all. There's no increase in education. But sure, more kids go to school now than did 60 years ago. Kids um, stay in school longer. But you're assuming that that actually produces goods. Well, no, benefits. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that what if the two are moving together. It could just be, you know, it could be a random correlation. What if it's producing but, more harms? What if, if we didn't have school... And that resulted in even better benefits to um, culture, to society. But you know, anytime you see anytime you see a teacher strike, you know that lasts more than a few days. You see crime rates go up, and visits to the hospital, and okay. visits to the food bank, okay, and all of, the, all of that. You know? All the daycare sitters, you know, went out to strike. <laughs> no, no. See the and same I'm not, thing. I'm not saying see, that I believe you'd that. You see toddlers pillaging, you know, um, um, giant and Harris Teeter. Yeah. No, and that's, I'm not saying, you know, that I specifically believe it's true. I'm just saying that if, if we see that so many other things are getting better, whether school's getting better or getting worse or probably most likely just staying the same, right, um, but more people are involved or at least are involved for longer, you know, 
and now most people are graduating as opposed to finishing in 8th to 10th grade, in theory that could be a good thing. It could be, know? but then let's look at it from another perspective. Um, slavery had its benefits. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. It, it definitely kept uh, what many people perceived as an undesirable element of the population under control, off the streets. Um, you know, they weren't committing crimes because the punishments would be draconian, right. um, to say the least. Um, does that, does the civility of society, the, the peacefulness of it that results from that, does that make slavery moral? And this is not... Is this the time absurd. to do the consequentialist thing? Is that <laughs> no, this is actually the morality of it. This is assuming then that making children yeah. sit in classrooms the bulk of their lifetime, at least their waking lifetime, right. that it's moral. What if it's immoral? Do you think... I mean, there's obviously a chance, but do you think that it is likely that in 100 or 150 years we'll look at today's school model the way we currently look back at child labor? Like the ending of child labor is one of the things that led to more schools because people had to figure out what to do with their kids. I mean, that's that's part of the beginning of our whole job as babysitters was even you end child labor, people have to figure out what to do with their kids, and so schools start looking like even better options, right? But if why we say ch child labor is bad, then in well, 100 years... But is that the reason why child labor ended? Because we had a moral epiphany. Uh, I think for some people, and well, I think it's I think it's one of the leaders against it. Um, but. I think some of it has to do with wage issues. I mean, a lot of it's economic, but it's not it's not a coincidence that a lot of those changes coincide with women exerting greater political influence. I mean, uh, women women's suffrage, okay, before the right to vote. That you know, basically, you can you can credit politically active women. For most of the child labor laws, or at least beginning them. Oh, I agree. But you know. let's let's put it this way: um, the women, the women's movement, um, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Right. Um, did the did women's greater flexibility and expansion of role in society was that because of uh, sudden enlightenment, or was it because of the availability of contraception? Now that's yeah. a whole other yeah. that's that's a whole yeah. discussion. I'm not going to get into today. I'm just saying that right. there are practical reasons why things in society change too. Like, why why did women get the right to vote? Well, the Republicans needed more voters, <laughs> right? And they were ahead of the game as far as the Democrats. So that's where thought, that's where Democrats now want to lower the voting age to 16. Exactly right? Right? because yeah. they perceive that. Um, adolescents will more likely in their blow youth. blue red. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so here's the thing. Um, if we didn't have education the way it is right now, okay? Right. Would you, and it was your job, and I think I asked you this on Facebook or in a message, um, would you, if it was up to you to design what that education process mm -hmm. for humans would be? And I'm not just saying, you know, specifically that age, right. you know, from zero on, um, that would you choose to put children in classrooms in parallel rows for six, seven hours a day, um, staring ahead where 
the the research, again, whether it's valid or not, where research um, claims that the most common utterance of a student is yes and no. Right. Okay. Um, would you choose that model? I would for two or three hours a day. Not for the whole day. Okay. But, so why not for the whole day?